Hey guys. So I know we have a lot of podcasters who listen to the show. So before we get to this episode, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to that next level. Or if you've always thought about hosting a podcast, but you didn't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters. I actually just did one a few weeks ago. Access to the community discourse and an e-learning course that is full of tips and tricks. On top of that, they're going to help put your podcast out to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, anywhere else that you want your podcast to be, they will get it there. And the best part is you get all this for just $15 a month, which is the same rate that other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to explode, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program, though, is limited. So if you're interested, get your application in today. To apply, just go to bwhustle.com slash join, and you can check out the description box of this episode to find out that link. But one more time, it's bwhustle.com slash join. It's Chrysomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man. Oh, That's a powerful you. question. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Well, here we go, and welcome to a very special edition of the Chris Van Vliet Show. I appreciate you being here with us as we take a look back at the epic year that we've had. More than 90 interviews, and it's just been so exciting to see the podcast continue to grow each and every week. And it's all because of you. So I just want to take a second out right now before we get into the meat of this one to say thank you for helping to turn this podcast into what it's become. This episode is all about you. And thank you to everyone who's taken the time out of your busy lives since the show started last July to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it's it's really the biggest thing that you can do to help this show grow because the podcast charts on Apple are heavily weighted by how many new subscribers and how many new reviews that you have. So if you haven't subscribed yet on whatever platform it is that you're listening on, uh, be so appreciated if you were to take a few seconds out of your day right now to do that. This review comes from Martin B88 in the UK. He titles this Best in the Business. Started listening to the show about three months ago and haven't missed an episode since. What I like so much about Chris is he has no ego whatsoever and never tries to make the interview about him. He asks the questions and listens to the answers. His genuine interest and enthusiasm for wrestling shines through. Chris just comes across as the type of guy that you'd want to have a beer or coffee with and talk about wrestling. Keep up the good work, CVV. Well, thank you, Martin. And next time I'm in the UK, let's have a beer or coffee together. Probably a beer. That sounds like a lot more fun, right? And I also, I don't drink coffee. Can you guys imagine me with more energy? Mm, hyped up on caffeine with even more energy than I currently have? That'd be wild. So I'm going to keep reading one review out on every single episode and shouting you guys out free of charge, of course. So without further ado, 
Let's get right into this. It's the top five interviews of 2020. What a year. <laughs> what a year. And I say that like 1% in the eye-rolling, you know, 2020 way of, oh, what a year it's been. But I mostly mean it in the positive, very excited way of, man, what a year this has been. And I get that 2020 has been a tough year. And we've all had to make a lot of adjustments and do things in a very different way than we were used to doing them before. But it's also been a year that's allowed us to like take a step back and realize what's important to us and who's important to us. It's also been a year of, of a lot of firsts. And for me, it was my first time ever growing an epic beard. It was my first time ever doing a virtual interview. You know that I love doing interviews in person, being able to look people in the eye and shake their hand and feel their energy. This year, we had to pivot and figure out how to do a Zoom interview for the first time. Also, the first time I ever wore a mask during an interview. Did you ever think that in 2020, you'd be signed full-time to a wrestling company? No. Um, surprise, I've lasted this long. First time I ever found out that my neck could make noises like this. Move your toes just a little bit. Oh! Mm. Dr. Bo Hightower. Man, he has some magical hands there. Also, the first time that I was ever grateful that my chest didn't cave in. Oh! Hey! Oh! Mm. Still hurts just watching that video. I get asked all the time, how many days did it take for your chest to heal up? About six days. And when we took that photo for the thumbnail, like, look how painful that looks. That was like at the height of when it looked its absolute worst. After that, it just kind of like started bruising. And then it got to a point where it looked like I'd spilled spaghetti on my chest, like very like yellow bruising. And then it was fine. But it's mind-blowing to me to think that that video has been viewed over 1.4 million times. So I'm guessing if you're watching this right now, you're probably one of those 1.4 million people. So thank you. Thank you for watching me in a lot of pain. So obviously in March, things changed a lot for everyone. And for me, that meant we weren't able to do interviews in person anymore. We had to pivot very quickly, you know, buy a microphone, just figure out this whole situation to do these interviews virtually, which actually worked out really well because we were able to land a lot of interviews that we probably wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And the funny thing is when you reach out to someone, like when this thing first started in March and April, if you ask them like, oh, hey, are you free to do an interview? If their answer is anything but yes, they're a liar because like, what else were you doing? Everything was closed. So it actually worked out really well. We were able to get like a ton of interviews and just start cranking them out. So it's been really interesting looking back on this year and seeing all of the interviews that we've done. So to narrow this down to just five is not easy. And I'm guessing there's going to be an interview that you thought should totally be on this list. And I can guarantee you that that interview was number six for sure. So here we go, my top five interviews of 2020. And I'm going to give you a little backstory to each one. First of all, to like tell you why that interview was so important to me. And number two, to tell you like how the interview came together. Because for most of these, actually for most of the interviews I've ever done, there's an interesting backstory of like how the pieces came together to actually make the interview happen. Number five, 
my interview with Eddie Kingston. With pro wrestling, if you retire <laughs> while your body can still go, you didn't retire, you quit. So we did this interview back in January. It was at the NWA Hard Times pay-per-view in Atlanta. I drove from where I was living in Cincinnati. It was about a seven-hour drive from Cincinnati to Atlanta. And I actually didn't know which interviews I was going to be doing there. I knew that I had access to a handful of people, but nothing was confirmed. So I had just wrapped up an interview with Nick Aldis, which I actually did know I was interviewing Nick Aldis. And then they said, well, are you ready for Eddie Kingston? And I said, I don't know that I'm ready for that interview, but let's do it. And the great thing about Eddie Kingston is you don't really need to prepare. I mean, you stick a mic in that guy's hand, whether it's a promo or an interview, that guy's just going to go and you're going to get gold, which is exactly what we got here. Everyone's like, oh man, because I know people at AEW and like I told you before, I won't, I don't know if I said this publicly, but like when I hit up certain people at AEW who are in control, I don't hit them up like, hey man, I need a job. I have been hitting them up for years saying, hey, your kids are getting big. Or hey man, congratulations on this and that. Mm-hmm. And I and I would feel like a real piece of shit or a real fuck boy if I go, hey man, your kids are getting big. P.S. I really need a job. <laughs> and I want to make some of that Tony Khan money. It's pretty crazy to think that Eddie Kingston almost retired from pro wrestling, almost hung it up completely. And I think we're all glad that he didn't because he is tearing it up right now in AEW. That's it. Like, I'm here. There's no more. Till you die. Yeah. Either, <laughs> either people stop book three ways. Okay. People stop booking me. My body shuts down on me. Or like you said, unless I die. Number four is Muhammad Hassan. That was a character that any babyface wanted to go against because it was a heat magnet. I mean, you know, you go out there and it doesn't matter who you are. You're getting cheered because they just want to see me get my ass kicked. I have to give a shout out and a huge thank you to my friend Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful.com because he's the one who made this interview with Mark Copani happen. Mark Copani is Muhammad Hassan's real name. He now works as a high school principal in upstate New York, but he was one of the biggest heels not just of that era, but of all time. And his run was so short, 2004, 2005, like that was it. And then he was released because of that controversial angle and a lot of pressure from media and pressure from UPN, which is where SmackDown aired. And he got released and basically said, all right, well, I'm going to retire from wrestling now. And he hung it up completely. It's ironic if you listen to your promos, especially now, 15 years later, it's ironic that people are booing you for speaking the truth. Like nothing you're saying is actually heelish at all. I think he'd be applauded today. If I went out there and said those things today, I, I think I would get a standing ovation because it it was the truth. I, I mean, it was how people felt in this country. We were reading about it in the news. It was unfair. It was unjust. Arab Americans, Muslim Americans, people were being lumped together as if everybody was a terrorist because they were, you know, from that origin, from that nationality. So it, it was the truth. He's only done a handful of interviews since he was released in 2005. So over the last 15 years, he's done, I don't know, like three or four interviews. So to be able to share this time with him is something that I'm very, very thankful to him for and also very thankful to Sean Ross Sapp for making this happen. I've always been proud of what I did, but I'm at a place now where I have a new level of success in what I'm doing. And I, I don't think that it's the creeping fear or that creeping feeling of failure doesn't affect me anymore. I don't, I don't, and not that, that what happened was my fault. I mean, that was out of my hands. Yeah. But 
I have a hard time not holding myself accountable to everything. And so I would still hold myself accountable that there are things that I may have been able to do that could have changed the outcome. 2020 has changed a lot of things. It's definitely changed how we work. And businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person that you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there's no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job search criteria. And you can contact them the moment that you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you. And right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and see it fast. So right now you can try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And the NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You can do this all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of this great sign-up bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Number three is Andrew Yang. You should know, Chris, this is not like, oh, I'm going to talk about this and forget about it. Like, this bothers me, and I'm not going to rest until something changes. Then I got to say, it's pretty cool to be able to say that I've had a presidential candidate as a guest on my show. And not just any presidential candidate, but a presidential candidate who loves wrestling, as evidenced by this conversation here about his favorite match of all time. This, this may date me, but it like, I remember Macho Man, uh, Steamboat, WrestleMania 3 just being a oh. mind-blowing match. as a kid. An all-time great. Yeah. Uh, and because I was a Macho Man fan, um, in part because of that match. And then, so he loses that match, but he somehow gets elevated from it because it was so good. And then he goes on to become the champion. And uh, I loved the Macho Man title run. It made me very sad when, uh, as a kid, I was pretty young. Uh, but when they gave the title back to Hulk Hogan uh, the following year, I was like, no, I thought we were past this. So Mr. Yang turned a lot of heads when he called out Vince McMahon for the way that he treats his so-called independent contractors. And he's basically saying, look, if you want to treat them like independent contractors, well, let them be independent. Let them do what they want to do. If you're going to treat them like employees, which... Mr. Yang says that's exactly what you're doing. Well, then give them the benefits of actually being an employee. So I reached out to Mr. Yang on Twitter and I said, 
I'd love to have you on my show. I'd love to have a conversation with you. He actually wrote me back and said, I'm a big fan of your work. A few days later, we were having this chat. The WWE, to me, has a has a choice. It's, look, we're going to treat you as an independent contractor, so you can do whatever you want on your off time. And we don't have uh, all of this say-so over a lot of your activities. Um, or you can start treating them like your employees, which they are. Uh, and you introduce real benefits, including a real union or professional association and real negotiation. Now, he said in that interview that if Joe Biden was elected president, he would make it his mission to go after Vince McMahon. So when Biden takes office on January 20th, I guess we'll see if anything changes. Will I forget about this? Hell no. And the bill's coming due. Uh, I'm going to be the person that does it or the person that is there when it's done. Number two is Kurt Angle. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. I was really screwed up physically, mentally, psychologically. Um, and I, I had to leave. And when I, when, we, when I did, Vince and I never spoke again until I came back in, uh, two years ago. This was actually the first interview that I uploaded in 2020. And I knew the second that interview was done that it would be on this list because it was so, so good. Sitting down with the Hall of Famer and Olympic gold medalist and having him open up for an hour about literally everything was nothing short of incredible. And we were connected through a mutual friend who basically said, all right, yeah, Kurt is down to do this interview. So I texted Kurt Angle, which is crazy to think that I texted Kurt Angle and that's an actual sentence that I'm saying that is true. I texted him and said, well, when are you free? And he said, I'm free after my next WWE loop because of the time he was working as a WWE producer. He said, let's do the interview in Pittsburgh. At the time, unfortunately, I was taking uh, Pecos, I was taking Somas, and, you know, every once in a while I would black out. And here I am, texting Vince. And uh, so he showed me all these. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I actually said this stuff. And he stood up. And he took his jacket off. He says, you want to kick my ass? Let's go right now. Wow. And I looked at him. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe Vince McMahon wants to beat my ass. So I had no idea where we were going to do this interview. I was just so excited that Kurt Angle was doing an interview with me. So I booked a hotel room near the Pittsburgh airport, knowing full well that I would only be using this hotel room for one hour for this interview. And I got to the hotel with five minutes to spare because traffic was so bad. They gave me the room key. I sprinted down the hall, got the camera set up and the microphone set up as quickly as I possibly could. When I put the last thing in place, that's when Kurt texted me and said, I'm here. I'm like, this couldn't have timed out any better. And what an amazing conversation with truly one of the absolute best to ever lace them up. What sucks is my... My best phase of my career was in TNA. Mm. I, as good as I was in WWE, yeah. I was the best there. Yeah, I got better in TNA. And uh, unfortunately, the WWE Universe will never see those matches. Well, there's probably a lot of people watching this that have only watched your matches in WWE. So yeah. if someone's watching this and they want to see one of your best TNA matches, right. what should they watch? Uh, anything with AJ Styles, uh, uh, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, uh, Desmond Wolf. Uh, Ken Anderson, the Sting, gosh, Stinger. Uh, but there are a lot, of, a lot of great people. And my number one interview of 2020 is David Benoit. I just, I didn't believe it for days, bro. I think the day it really hit me was his funeral. 
That was a hard day. That was a super hard day. His story is so amazing. And I am so grateful that he was willing to share it with me. I talked to my dad Father's Day. That was the last time. Wow. We talked for like two hours. Wow. That was the last conversation you had? Yeah. Is there anything specific from that conversation that sticks out for you? Yeah. We were just laughing and getting ready to make plans for the summer. And I got to say I love you one last time to him. And, you know, that was the last time. I'm sorry if this is too much. No. 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 Okay. It was good to get it off my chest, bro. So up to this point, he had only ever done one interview. And it was with Fred Rosser, a.k.a. Darren Young, on his podcast called the Pro and Bro Wrestling Podcast. So David and I follow each other on Instagram. And then one day he just randomly sent me a DM and said, I should be on your show sometime. I'm a big fan of your interviews. And I said, absolutely. We will do this thing wherever and whenever. And he obviously lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I said, I'm willing to fly to Edmonton. We can do the interview there. He goes, no, I think I'm going to be heading to Vegas in the next few weeks. I want to see a hockey game there. So we'll do it when I'm in town. I said, absolutely. I will fly to Vegas. We will make this thing happen. And what are the memories that you have of him? Oh, man, we used to travel all the time on the road. And he'd tell me stories, you know, talk about Eddie and Everything, bro. He'd tell me life, mm-hmm. tell me what to do, and, yeah, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, mm-hmm. all that. And, uh, you know, just laugh. So it took a few months to make this interview happen because the original messages that we sent each other were in October, and we finally did this in January. And the biggest thing that you don't see during this interview is that we got to hang out the day before the interview. So we were planning to do the interview on a Friday morning. I booked a flight that landed Thursday night. And as I was landing in Las Vegas, I was like, well, what am I going to do tonight? I mean, it's Las Vegas. There's tons of things you could do. But I was like, I'm going to send David a message and say, why don't we go grab a drink or dinner or something? So I sent him a message. I said, do you have any plans tonight? Let's, let's grab a drink. He said, absolutely, bro. Let's, let's do it. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this interview worked because we got to hang out the night before and like feel each other out. We became friends during this process. And then when we did the interview the next day, it was just like two friends just catching up and a camera happened to be there. So when I landed in Las Vegas, I took my suitcase, went straight to the hotel. Then I met up with him at his hotel. And of course, in true Las Vegas fashion, we had those giant yard drinks and basically just walked around Las Vegas. And a few hours in, he turned to me and said, I just want you to know that nothing's off limits. And I said, like, nothing at all? He goes, yeah, man, nothing at all. I I trust you and you can ask me whatever you want. And I think in that moment, I went, oh my gosh, this conversation is going to be something so special. And David himself is so special. What's the first thing that most people usually say to you? You look like your dad. Okay, that was obvious. (laughs) So there we go, my friends. Those are my picks for the top five interviews of 2020. But I'm curious to hear what yours are. So tag me on Instagram or Twitter and let me know. You can find me at Chris Fleet. And thank you so much for listening to the show this week. And thank you so much for making this show what it's become. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please, it would mean the world to me 
if you could rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And before we go, just remember, 2021 isn't going to be any different from 2020 unless you do something to make it different. It doesn't just magically change because we went from December to January. And as the author Mike Dooley once said, life's not about expecting, hoping, and wishing. It's about doing, being, and becoming. And I'll add one in too before we go. Dreams don't work unless you do. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. And we'll see you on the next one.